episode of the Cinemax podcast, the podcast where we take different movies every week and use a variety of ways to debate and rate them. Halloween is officially over. Yeah, which is very sad. Very sad. No more horror for a while. Only what is it? Only, only going to be four more episodes until the season you're looking forward to the most. Yeah, Christmas is coming. I'm fucking tempted to put my decorations up already. If I had the decorations here, I'd have them up, but I don't. They're uh, Eleanor's mum's. Where's your Santa? You need to put a Santa in the background. Oh, yeah, sure. Fucking... Right underneath that Pulp Fiction post on that, on that side. Just, yeah, just... No. to be fair, I could do it. <laughs> Look at the big dog. Although, am I covering it? Oh, no, there he is. Look at that. Just in time for the season. Um, but, yeah, Halloween over, fortunately. But we've got two... Incredible movies today to talk about. I've only got Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man and the Christmas Jumper. That's the closest I've got. Yeah, it's good enough. And one of you many Spider-Man. Jesus Christ, how many have you got? Uh, 3, 6, 9, 12, 13, 14. And do you buy them individually? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. I mean, every single Hawkeye as well, so. Jesus. Because you've got you to support the best character. Speaking of Paul Kelly. Yeah, I was going to say, Mr. Jeremy Renner. The two movies we're doing today are two of the best like bank heist movies of all time, I think. Uh, Heat, Michael Mann's masterpiece from 1995, starring Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, uh, versus The Town, which is Ben Affleck's directorial... Not, not his debut, but one of his first films that he directed, I think, uh, starring himself. They're not Jeremy the one Renner. that really made him... Made people start looking at him a bit different. Yeah, yeah. Starring himself, Jeremy Renner, um, Rebecca Adams, I think she's called, Blake Lively, John Hamm. Two great movies that are actually very, very similar, and something I wasn't aware of until I watched The Town for the first time recently. How similar they are. He, I'll just put it out there now. Is one of my favorite films of all time. So that's why I wanted I'm, to do it. I'm sure this is going to be a very unbiased episode, from your opinion. <laughs> There are a, there are a few there, there's a few close calls for me there. Um, I'll say it right now. Not, I've not gone 190 in favour of Heat. I like know that now. I'm not that biased. Um, there are some mixes in there, but yeah, two of the greatest bank heist movies of all time. I think I've obviously watched Heat quite a few times now, and I've watched The Town for the first time. I think at the start of September, which is when I thought that I wanted to do these two against each other. And now I've watched it for the second time. But this, this is the first time you've watched both movies, right? Yeah. So, that, yeah. so, you, weren't, so you weren't familiar with either. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to know your answers, but we'll, we'll, we'll dive straight into it. Um, say, for those people that aren't watching, I don't know why, but we seem to have colour-coordinated. Yeah. <laughs> like, like look like a 90s boy band. Yeah, if only. <laughs> if you want to talk to anyone about 90s boy bands it's this guy I fucking love it halfway through episode when it gets heated and we stand up out of the chairs to <laughs> dance off yeah we're unreal like Ken in Barbie <laughs> but yeah we might as well dive straight into it then because these are two good films and I imagine we've got quite a bit to say so we'll start with the best story for both which as I mentioned earlier, they are very, very similar. There's a lot of similarities between the two. The essentially both follow a gang of like bank robbers, essentially, 
who are being hunted down by a police officer. And then there's a lot of different subplots that spin off for both. With Heat, you've got Robert De Niro as Neil McCall, who leads his gang um, while Al Pacino is hunting them down. And the subplots in that, you've got like one of the guys in the gang, Wayne Grohl, who goes off it at the beginning. It's his first heist with them and he immediately fucks up and he... Uh, is, um, they try to kill him and he gets away. And then one of the subplots is what he's getting up to in the city while everything's unfolding, as well as them getting on the wrong side of the businessman Roger Van Zant and how that plays into their like business deals whilst Pacino's still hunting them down. And then on the flip side, you've just got random stuff about like Pacino's life and his struggles at home. Um, in comparison to the town, which again is a bank heist movie about a gang of robbers who are being hunted down by a police officer, but they also have a few subplots with Ben Affleck's character. Well, I'll get to this later when it comes to his, but we'll talk about his character, but making the decision to start seeing the, the, the woman that runs the bank, he robs at the beginning of the movie, which could be one of the all time dumbest decisions anyone in the history of the planet's ever made. No, um, He's a great call. We'll talk about that shortly. Yeah, but uh, you've also got the Jeremy Renner subplot where his character is kind of just, he's a loose cannon and he's kind of unwinding and you don't really know if he's going to be the downfall of the group eventually and that sort of thing, as well as the guys, I can't even remember the name, but the guys at the florist who are kind of pulling the strings and how they come into it all. So you've got, on the surface, it's two bank heist movies, but both have got these interesting subplots that keep it interesting all the way through um i'll go out of the bat and say i went 10-9 in favor of heat because oh, i am shocked because like i said i think adding the the ben affleck interested in the like getting with the bank manager is interesting and it's a nice twist but it's also ridiculously fucking stupid whereas i think the stuff in heat is so like delicately done and having pacino's character and showing he's not perfect and all the stuff he's got going on at the same time and showing not only the toll that chasing those sorts of criminals has on him but on the people around him as well as um the 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 inner lives of the entire crew that neil mccauley leads like you get to see a lot about val kilmer's character who's a straight fucking gambling addict and stuff like that and having different subplots combine towards the end of the movie with wayne grow joining forces with van zan and that leading to the police catching on to what Neil and his gang are doing at the bank robbery towards the end where shit really hits the fan. I think it was a nice way to bring it all together. And I don't think the town does as good a job with that sort of thing. Um, well, with the dating the witness thing, I, I when I was watching it, I kind of saw it as that he was trying to get close to her to find out what she knew and then inevitably just kind of ended up with her rather than that was his goal kind of thing. Um, so I didn't find it as as stupid as, as you did, um, but overall, I think the town isn't as good as Heat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the town's great, and I love the story. That um, it's it's very very similar in all of its. I liked the subplot of uh, his dad as well. Um, about his dad basically lying to him and just to make him think that his mum was still out there only for it to um, be revealed that his mum was just another just another junkie who got killed. Um, Pete Postlewaite, I can't remember the name's character, but Pete Postlewaite, who's Thwaite, who's in um, a lot of stuff, uh, like Jurassic Part 2, 
and Inception are the only two that's coming to mind right now. But playing one of the Irish guys, that that scene was amazing in itself. It just that that slow realization, and then when he comes back and kills him near the end, I loved all that stuff. But he felt more not epic because it's a small scale story. It's not over the top, but epic in the, in what epic in the terms of there's lots of threads. There's lots of different stories going on. It's not just a film about one person. It's a film about this gang, and you can see all the different threads. And like you say, they all do come together at the end. Uh, the bit with um, uh, Chris, who, is it Chris for Falcon. Falcon? Yeah. The bit where he goes to meet his partner and she does the the hand movement and you can tell all of that's like played really, really well. Their relationships played really well. Uh, De Niro and his partner, uh, his new relationships played really well. So all the Pacino stuff, like really random stuff with Natalie Portman that doesn't matter to the overall story, but it shows the kind of pressure that Pacino's character Hannah's under. Um, I think really, really, it puts more into the story, so it's more satisfying at the end with the payoff, which we'll obviously talk about later. Um, so yeah, I just think this, both stories are really, really well crafted, but for Heist to juggle all of that stuff, uh, Heist, Heat, that'd be a really shit name for the film, Heist, uh, Heat to juggle all of that stuff, and pull it off at the end without faltering anything. Uh, I think really, really well done. So yeah, I went 10-9 for, for Heat. Yeah, and that stuff you mentioned then with Kilmer's character, that again is very similar to the talent used that with Affleck's character and his uh, missus at home and they're waiting to see if she'll dob him in and stuff. Yeah, so, I, like the, I like the subplot in town about him being um, a recovering alcoholic and the, the subplot of the film of even though he's doing all this stuff, everything he's doing in his personal life when he's not doing heist is to get out. Whereas, whereas Macaulay is just, he wants, he's staying the same until the end. Uh, ben Affleck's character, McRae, just, just seems to want to be changing constantly throughout the film. Like he's trying to be better with uh, the girl's name, whose name I can't remember. Well, whoever Rebecca Hall plays, the, her name. Um like with his Alcoholics Anonymous stuff, with trying to get away from Blake Lively's character and all of that kind of stuff, trying to be out. He, I mean, at one point he says, I'm out, like I'm not doing it. And he gets dragged back in because of the threats made to him. Whereas McCauley just kind of stands. So I like that progression for Ben Affleck's character. But yeah, the overall story for, for Heats. Yeah, I agree. We'll move on then to the openings, which again, quite similar. It just essentially shows both gangs in action. It really allows you to see the sort of work they're capable of doing right off the bat. So in Heat, you've got quite a long setup with, it first opens with Macaulay, like, arriving on the scene, getting off, like, the, the train and making his way through the uh, train station, followed by uh, Chris, Val Kilmer's character, picking up the explosives. And then we see Wayne Grow joining Tom Sizemore in the van. Um, and it kind of just shows the entire gang getting together before they eventually take out that armoured truck and that's how they were committing their heist at the beginning. They take out the armoured truck, they get the security outside and they rob them before Wayne Grove eventually goes a little nuts and has to and ends up shooting one of them, which leads them to taking the rest of them out. Um, in comparison to the town, which again... Oh, don't forget Pacino's under the cover action in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I wanted to leave that out for, for reasons. It's it, the most sheets I've seen in a sex scene ever. <laughs> 
I love Pacino, but watching him make out is a bit gross. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't the best. <laughs> not at all. But you compare that to the town, which again is very, very similar, where they're taking part in a bank heist, but this is actually in a bank. It's not a instead of taking out the truck on the way, they've waited for the truck to get to the bank and they're following the security guard in. And you get the voiceover with Ben Affleck's character explaining all the like the minute details, just allowing us to know that he they've done the preparation and they're not some like amateur gang. They they are like seasoned professionals, and they go in and take over the bank and they get the money. And again, similar to he, Jeremy Renner's character Jem kind of loses it. And when they're about to leave and he realizes that someone's um, felt the alarm, he beats that um, employee like to a bloody pulp essentially, and then he kidnaps the girl. He from Titanic, what's his name? Can't remember. It's gonna bug the shit out of me. Continue. I will find out. What his character in Titanic's name? I don't. Oh, the yeah, actor. Like his actual name. Oh, I ain't yeah. got a clue. Um, but yeah, so they're very similar in that sense that they immediately show the gang in action, but they also show that both gangs have got essentially a weak link that can't really be trusted. And Renner decides to take the girl hostage, which again, pretty foolish decision. And I'm not really sure which one does it better, which is why I'm happy to say that you're going first this time. Victor Garber. He was in Titanic and he was in Flash. Yeah, oh yeah, he was the guy that designed the boat, wasn't he? I thought you was gonna I thought you were gonna be like, oh I know him from the Flash and not Titanic. Yeah, he designed the boat, right? Thank you. Not in, I'm pretty sure he's in like <coughs> Downton and stuff. I might be getting confused. Yeah, I think um, so. He designed the boat in Titanic and he did like the Legends of Tomorrow and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember now. Terrible, terrible. Um, I like both openings. One's obviously a lot slower and lots, a lot more build-up, and the other one gets straight into the action. And you know me, uh, I'm an impatient person. So I went 10-9 in favour of uh, Town, but it was only ever so slightly um, because I, I do love all of the setup and seeing how the first heist in Heat is slowly coming together and at first things don't kind of make like for me well everybody on first watch i'm getting at first it doesn't kind of make sense um like why is De Niro wearing an ambulance uniform like what's he doing why is um Val Kilmer picking up explosives what are these guys doing in the back with De Niro and Val Kilmer you can kind of assume because the big stars that they're going to be it's some kind of setup, but as soon as you see the other guys getting in the van, you're like, "Oh, what's going? Like, what part are they going to play into it?" and all that kind of stuff. So it is, it is fun watching it, but it is massively ruined by trying to watch, trying to get through a short scene of Al Pacino acting that he's making it look. It just, just, just gross to watch. Whereas the town scene just literally gets straight into the action. It's so calculated. It's so like there's no. It just boom, boom, boom. It's it's done straight away. Um, the masks are great. I love the mask, but we'll talk about that in a different in a different uh, category. Um, I don't um, I don't know if it has any effect, but I watched the extended edition of Town. I don't know if that's the one that you watched. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's different in it. Um, but all the just um, yeah, just loads of little bits when she kicks the alarm with a foot while she's laying there, and you can see it all. And when um, it frawly. What's his name? Is is it Frawley? Um Jay Moreno's character? Yeah, uh, yeah, Jem. His name's Jem. Jem, yeah. Um, and he gets freaks out and starts beating the guy because he assumes it's him because he looks like the bank manager. Um 
and then getting out and all that. I think taking taking uh, Rebecca Hall's character hostage, but then freeing her to know, like to, to not be harmless, are really like it's shown a lot. It it's shown a lot about Ben Affleck's character. It's really set up that he doesn't want to really be doing this. He doesn't want to hurt people. Whereas Gemma any character clearly fucking does. Um, and then there's a. It, it doesn't say at the beginning, I don't think, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. But later on in the movie, when she says, "I thought I was walking off a cliff, and then I felt the water at my feet," like that—that that was great that they'd kind of done that. So yeah, I went ten nine for um, town just because it gets straight into it, and there's no awkward Pacino kissing. It's funny actually because this is the first time I do zag, and I went ten nine in favour of the t- the town as well. Largely for the reasons you said, and also the stuff we Affleck, where he's in the bank and he's and he's the way he speaks to her, um, as well as he's demanding the um, to get the money, it's he he does that somehow respectfully as well, and like he's trying to calm her down, saying it's okay, you're not going to hit you. Like they do a really good job of painting him as like this character that is doing it because he has to, not because he wants to, and he doesn't want anyone to come under harm and it's the class like that's like the the dynamic between him and Jamie Renner's character is um really entertaining and I do love the heat one like I think it is watching it all come together and seeing how like how much good work goes into pulling this sort of thing off and seeing it all unfold is so well done but yeah I think having them hit the bank at the beginning and the way they did that and Renner going off as he did and taking the the manager hostage while I think was probably foolish it it makes it it was a bit entertaining and again it was better than the way Wayne Gore just kind of shot the guy and then they were like right let's just fucking kill him all then and yeah. Pacino was smooching like it was better it that. A really short shot of um, the manager catching the back of Renner's tattoo yeah like, as his mask been pulled um, so you also get that build up attention of that's going to be somebody's undoing later on, which, I mean, inevitably goes to nothing. I mean, a very tense scene later on, but it goes to nothing, unfortunately. But An Incredible um, scene. Incredible scene, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it's, I think it sets a lot more, it sets up a lot more of the characters than it than Heat does. Heat just feels more like, you don't really get an insight as to uh, Macaulay's character. You don't really get that until after the heist. Um Whereas in in uh, town you get you get a sense of humor create like you said all that really can't very strange in a how you don't it's not something you really ever see where he's he's talking to her as if um, he's not the one holding up the place and he's he's just like another victim uh, it's really really well done so yeah yeah we'll move on then to the best ending. <laughs> Do you know what? As, sorry, let me say it again. Uh, let me say something to you because, before we move on because. Uh, do you know when we was listening? I told you last episode when I was watching the Halloween that Grace made me listen to myself listening, watching the Scream episode. <laughs> Something else that we got mentioned, and I was like, "Oh, now I'm never going to unhear it." Every time we move on to a new category, you go, "Let's move on then." <laughs> well, every, every time we said it since, I went, "I'm going to mention it." Now I'm not going to mention it this time. I'm mentioning it. <laughs> I have to change my vocabulary. No, no, we'll get a, uh, we'll get, a, we'll, we'll do branded T-shirts that just says "Let's move on," <laughs> and then we'll wear them for every aspect of our life. Yeah, like, that'll be fun, even in work. Even in work, yeah, that'd be disastrous. Okay, next category. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the best ending. 
This one's easy for me, but yeah. I'll go through them anyway. The yeah, heat ending. Should we just say they're both at the same time? Well, our endings. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've got the same answer. I fucking hope so. <laughs> go on then. Three, two, one, heat. Heat, yeah. Yeah, good. That's yeah. okay then. Yeah, the heat <laughs> ending, which I'll, I'll talk about now, is just incredible. I think having Macaulay so close to getting away and it's his personal need for that revenge and that vendetta that is his undoing as he finds out where Wayne Grow is and he heads to the hotel and is immediately chased down by the police. But uh, he gets to kill Wayne Grow, obviously, but then as he's leaving and he Vincent finds him and there's this big chase where the guy on foot where they're just running and Vin, uh, Al Pacino's character pursues him through all that like outside the airport with like the runways and stuff and they end up in that like shipping yard with all the different containers around. And um, you know the least anticlimactic final shootout around some transformers and a few bollards. Yeah, but what a fucking place to do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they kind of just like it's more. It's like a cat and mouse game in that little bit. There's not too much action there. They're very, it's just more like Vincent searching for him, and at the last moment, Macaulay like jumps out, and Vincent's the quicker to the gun and takes him out with a shot, and then he essentially just like dies in his arms. As he says, or I think he says, I told you I'm not going back, which it's just a, it's a wonderful ending. And it shows like even though they're on the very, very opposite sides of the law, there's there's somehow an understanding there. And in another life, they would probably be very good friends. And I think Heat does a really good job of demonstrating that. And yeah. because it's the first time the actors were ever on screen together in the movie, I feel like any time they are together, it feels like a big deal. So having that showdown at the end and just having him die in his arms, it was probably it was the perfect way to end it. I think I don't think it could have been improved. Yeah, and in comparison, Town's really, really good as well. But it's <coughs> its downfall is that he does get away. He has a happy ending. And I think the whole film builds up to that. He wants to get out because he wants to change, but you can't ignore the fact that he is still a criminal. Yeah. And he still chooses. Well, this last one he technically didn't really choose to do, so that kind of certifies it a bit justifies it a bit but not enough i don't i think this kind of film you can't have that happy ending it needs to have some kind of bittersweet and yeah he can't ever see her again but well maybe not um and he he has lost people but he he still gets exactly what he wanted uh, which is to get out and to go and live in florida and it's all it is good and that final that final gun battle and uh heist at the um the stadium red sox stadium and all, all really good, but you missed out my favourite part of um, the Heat ending, which is you think Macaulay's changing towards the end of the film, and you think that he's becoming a changed man the closer he gets to leaving, but he looks at, I um, can't remember her name, but he looks at the partner, Annie. pardon? I think it's Annie. Annie. He looks at Annie and he's like, this is that quote throughout the film, don't ever... Commit what is it? Don't ever get yourself involved with something you can't walk away in 30 seconds or something like that. When you feel the heat around the corner, yeah. Yeah. And so you think he's changing, you think he's having that change, and he just looks at her and just walks away. And yeah, I think- yeah, just, just walking past her outside. She's gonna be the most confused woman on fucking planet Earth. Yeah. And like there's that aspect of it could be he's trying to protect her by not connecting her to anything. But I like to believe it's that no, my freedom's more important. I I, I need to get out. I want to get out. Fuck you. I need to run because the heat's on me. Um, 
which I think is probably what it probably what it was meant to do. And that's honestly that is my favourite part of that ending is that it does make you think it's, he's going to change and he and he doesn't. But I do really like that final shootout because it's not you know it's not a massive shootout. It's not this massive action set piece. It's in the most boring location, which I think is great because it's not special. Like all of his lives led, led up to this really bland death where him not thinking correctly about the lights and him being trying to be sneaky caught him out. It was very, very tense. I didn't I, I didn't know who came out at the end. I know he's a very popular film. I didn't know who came out at the end. I don't know how it ended. So having his downfall just with the airplane lights shining and him being able to see his shadow was just a really boring death for this guy who's led this exciting life, but it's done really, really well. And I really, like you said, I really, really like that he, that these guys had this respect for each other and this, you know, kind of honour code between them where he did stand there and wait with him until he, until he actually died. Just a, a really something you don't really see in these kind of movies. And I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah. I just had a look, by the way, and here's Edie, not Annie. Edie. Edie. Yeah, close though. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's oh, where the, making notes. <laughs> yeah, that's where the town goes wrong. I think though, having Affleck survive, and also the way De Niro has to battle with him, himself, as like you said, when he's driving away and it does look like he's changed, and then he just fucking spins the car around and he's like, "Nah, fuck this, I'm going for him." I think it is so well done that it's his own undoing that brings about his end. He's not just been caught by the police. Um, due to someone else, like if he'd have been caught when Wayne Grove grasped them up, um, or similar to the the town, if they'd been caught when they were robbing the bank, the way Jeremy Renner was, like if if that's how De Niro ends, I mean, it's probably still a good film, but I think having him be at fault for his own demise just it makes that ending so much more impactful for me because he's always been so smart and clever, and like we said with the Edie character, when he, you need to drop things when you feel the heat. He essentially goes back on that anyway by not, I mean, it's not a relationship, but not dropping the vendetta against Wayne Grove. If this was the Neil at the beginning, he'd have just forgot about it because of the heat around the corner. And I think that is really well done for me. And I love it. Um, yeah, so we both went 10 9. I think it's, uh, all that leads into a very nice segue to Gang Leader. So let's move on then. Let's move on then to. Uh, the best gang leader. <laughs> I've got a catchphrase. That's fucking sick. I don't think I've said phenomenal in, in like a month or so. You no. got a, you got a new catchphrase. <laughs> Definitely gonna get merch on. <laughs> I mean, this is just a blank. Would it? I could just it'll get a sharpie on it. Yeah, I'll just like let's move on then. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So we'll talk about the best gang leader then. We've like we've already touched on them both a little bit, but we've got Robert De Niro as Neil McCauley in Heat. Versus Ben Affleck's Doug, Dougie McCrae in the town. Obviously, they're both very intelligent men who have been doing this for quite some time, it seems. But they also they've they've got very different morals. Like Neil, uh, Neil kind of enjoys it. I think he likes the thrill and he he wants to be rich. Whereas Affleck's character Dougie kind of is doing it out of a necessity because of where he is and like the lack of opportunities for guys in that area. They're both interesting characters, but how did you score that? Um, 10-9 is how I scored it. Did you? Yeah. 
Who too? Oh, you mean who too? Uh, 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 yeah, I went McCoy. Yeah, 10-9 to McCoy. I love McCray. Uh, I like the... Um, that I want to get out. I expect they're forced into it. Like the final heist, he, do, he really doesn't want to do. You can tell. He knows it's a bad case and he still goes for it anyway because of the threats. Um, the slipping back into doing cocaine and like all of his Alcoholics Anonymous stuff, his relationship with Relate Lively, his relationship with um, <coughs> Jem, his relationship with his dad, all really, really good. Um, he's obviously a tortured guy who's been brought up a certain way and doesn't know any other kind of life. And really, really tough to not like a character that like that. But I think because he does kind of get away at the end and puts it all behind him, it kind of ruins it a little bit because I think it's, it's a tragic character sometimes does deserve a tragic ending and I think that would have made the film better. I get why they didn't, um, but uh, Macaulay's just, it's just spot on, isn't he? Like there's no, there's, no, there's no cracks in him at all other than the very end when he can't turn down that vendetta. He's all calm. He's uh, collected. The the scene where he confronts um, Ashley Judd's character uh, in the motel after she's been sleeping with uh, Professor Frink. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he voices Professor Frink. He voices quite a few of them, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mo. That, yeah, Mo. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great scene. He's it's just there's no bullshit about him. He just straight in tells her what's exact what the what the score is and then just leaves. Um, and even like when he gets into a relationship, like when when she first talking to him and, and he's got the book, he's like, "What's your fucking problem?" Like he's he's such a fucking gangster. And I think you get that with De Niro naturally. Like you can't separate that from De Niro um, at all. But it just it's just used to such a such a good effect. And like I said, everything I think everything about the ending is what makes me like Macaulay so much. Like you could see it in his face as soon as. He gets that phone call from John Boy that, yeah, he's, you know, he's going to fuck up. You know, he's not going to carry on driving. You know, he's going to go back and you're just screaming at the telly, don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. And you know, he's going to do it. <clears throat> also, that we've not, I can't believe we've not talked about it yet, especially when we're talking about story, but the scene in the diner when they go and get coffee. Well, I was going to get to that in a bit because that's my favorite scene in any movie ever, straight up. I'll tell you now. Best team in cinematic history for me, and I'm not even joking. What about what about that bit in the Flash when you see Nicolas Cage and Christopher Reeves? You that said second. when you came out of the cinema, that was your favourite scene. That in second, <laughs> and only just. My T-shirt is going to say, "I hate the Flash." <laughs> uh, the Flash half star. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when you sent the um, the categories we were going to do today, I was going to say, "Why don't we do best face off, like of Gang Leader versus." Uh, cop slash FBI. But I thought there's no fucking point. We no, don't. We just, I think that would have strayed ten seven territory for me. Oh, 10 seven. Yeah, you put out ten seven a few weeks ago. That's given me license to do it, and that would have been one. I did. So yeah, I mean that scene as well. He's just so. He's just so not fucking bothered. It's so good, and yeah. De Niro performs it perfectly. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's why I went ten nine in favor of the um, Heat as well because. While Dougie's character is good and he's got a lot of layers to him, I think because he's made so easy to root for, 
it kind of goes against him a little bit. Whereas, for all intents and purposes, Neil McCall is a scumbag, but you still somehow root for him. Like, he doesn't do anything good. Nothing he does in that movie is honourable or anything like that, and you still do root for him. And I think that's a testament to De Niro's performance. And he somehow managed to be so cool, but also terrifying at the same time. Like, when he's on the phone to Van Zandt and he says... Uh, what you when Van Zandt's like saying what you're doing is like I'm talking to an empty telephone because there's a dead man on the end of this fucking line. It's like oh shit, I'd be packing me bags, I'd be gone. Like that is terrifying shit. And yeah, I was gonna wait until the I don't I think so I don't really know where I was gonna put it. Maybe in action. That's how intense this coffee scene was. <laughs> but yeah, that diner scene I think is it's it's so special. And you can tell that this was the first time they were gonna, they were in on screen together and they really made that moment feel like not to use like a sports analogy but it's almost like the main event of like a like a boxing card or something like it's just two fucking heavyweights just sat across from each other just well, the, the whole base of this podcast was about boxing yeah true very true <laughs> very true but then i brought then i brought on someone who doesn't know anything about sports so it kind of just went <laughs> i know about pod racing uh <laughs> but yeah like some of the lines in that as well especially the ones where i think De Niro, uh, Pacino says, like, does he never want a normal life? And he says, what's that? Fucking barbecues and bowl games and stuff. And he says he's never going back to prison. And he says, I do what I do best, take scores, and you do what you do best, trying to take guys, ta- down guys like me. Like, everything De Niro does in that film is just incredible. And he's so intelligent. You can see watching it how he's managed to evade the feds for so long. Like, there's the scene when they're staking out the gang and they reckon they, they have information on everyone. But when it gets to him, they're like, we've no idea who that is. And he's the leader. Like, it's so good. The bit where the bit where they go to the shipping yard and he goes pointing over there and he's pointing over there and there's nothing there. Uh, and then they go and like, they're trying to figure out what it is. And then they realize that they've been made. Pacino. It's fucking yeah. brilliant. Which is <laughs> incredible. One of my favorite Pacino lines when he's like, the watch is like, LAPD. All right, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get onto it in a minute, but hold on. Oh yeah, we'll get onto we'll get onto we'll get uh, that guy in a minute. But like what have you said, like he's you can tell how intelligent he is. Uh, I think that shows in the end when he goes into the hotel to get um Wayne Grow. Wayne Grow. Um because he didn't know what he was doing there. He didn't know how like where he was, how he was to get in there, whatever. He just went in and immediately had a plan immediately had an escape plan by putting the bin in the uh, elevator. He had everything planned out the moment he he stepped foot into that hotel. Whereas, how can you even plan that out after only just finding out where the fuck he is? What a fucking guy. Yeah, it's impressive. And I think De Niro, I don't think you could have cast anyone better in that role, like anyone possible. Like, he was just sensational. I think that's largely what puts him over Affleck for me as well. I think Affleck's a good actor, but I, I think De Niro's one of the best ever, and this is one of my favourite roles of his. Everything that Affleck had to do for that role, like show the pain and show like the sense, not, not the sensitivity, but the kind of um, the want for change. Like he pulled off perfectly, absolutely fantastic character, but you can't put him up against not just De Niro, but the character of Macaulay and expect him to win. Absolutely not a fucking chance. Yeah. Well, let's move on then. <laughs> She got a great ass. <laughs> you got your head all the way up it. So <laughs> I'm going to be spoilers now, but this is one of the easiest answers I've ever given. We've got the t- we're going on now to the two cops. We've got Pacino as Vincent Hanna and John Hamm as I can't remember his name. It's Adam something. I'm, I can't Adam Frawley. Ah, yeah, Adam Frawley. That was it. 
the two the two cops. One's a part of the LAPD. One I think is the FBI. Yeah, and they couldn't be more different in characters. Really, I think this is where the, the biggest change in the movie is because the town wants you to root for Affleck. So John Hamm's character is quite unlikable. There are a few moments where he's really funny, like when he first stones when he stones into that first man's house, and he's like, "What's this? Oxy and guns? It's like a towny Christmas," <laughs> which I think is quite funny. But for the most part, he's he's seen as quite unlikable, so you're supposed to root for Affleck. Whereas Vincent Hanna is one of the greatest fucking movie characters of all time. And I'll you stop that every fucking week about somebody. I'm sure. I I fucking read it this time. I saw. Maybe we should do a t-shirt. It's just like a blank line, and then is the greatest character of all time. Yeah, I do say it a lot. But I saw something recently where Pacino said he played that character as though he was on, as, a, as though Vincent Hanna was on cocaine the whole way through. Okay. And it's fucking... And it shows. <laughs> yeah, it is so obvious. Like, some of the stuff he comes out with, like, when he first... Because we're not doing a quotes category, so this is where I plan on getting most of his out. Go on, get it out. When he first goes to interrogate... Oh, I can't remember his name, but he's like, give me all you got! And he's like, Vincent Hanna is like, give me all you got! And apparently the guy didn't expect it. So when you look at his face, he's like, oh, yeah. shit. Because apparently Pacino had lived a lot. And it's the same way... Hank Azaria, the stuff with the great ass. He didn't know it was coming, so that's why he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's so good. But anything Vincent does and says, like, when he catches his wife, Justine, cheating on him, and he's like, you can, ba- you can bang my wife if she wants, you can sit on her ex-husband's sofa in this post-monistic bullshit house, but you don't get to watch my fucking television. <laughs> he takes his it's TV like, with him. He's fucking great. He is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing I, else to say. Yeah, there's nothing else to say other than I don't think you're like what I'm going to say. I don't think he... I like the character. I don't like the character when he's going over the top. And if he was on cocaine, yeah, that's fair. That's fine. If I watch it again, I'll go in with that mindset because that would make more sense. But when he's just being... When he's not having those outbursts and those crazy Pacino moments, I think he's fantastic. Like that, like we go back to the diner scene, like all of that is so tense and he plays it so so well. And if in that middle of the diner scene, he all of a sudden started going nuts, it completely ruined it. If you went for Pacino, it completely ruined it. Um, so, but I think those moments work in the interrogations because it is kind of like a putting people off the like putting people out um making them uncomfortable and like shaking them a bit but yeah nothing else more to say it's just fucking insane whereas i think for Ollie is <coughs> sorry i think for Ollie is you're supposed to not like him but they don't like make him that unlikable they just make him straight edge like he's, there's nothing about him that makes him unlikable other than the weird bit where he's like are you allowed to date victims like no not really you are you are potentially a suspect but he, he's he's trying to get it on with her after meeting her once just a bit fucking a bit a bit strange and i think it's that feels forced like that feels like forced we're not supposed to like and we're supposed to be rooted for ben affleck in this and even all the way up to the end he's not he doesn't do anything bad to dislike him you just compared to ben affleck's character he's just really really bland which is a massive crime in a film like this about crime um, that and is is easily tricked, um, whereas Pacino knows when he's been tricked, and it's it's more it makes for a more tense cat and mouse game. 
Yeah, and I think that scene you talk about the diner again. We talked about De Niro stuff, but that line when Pacino says like, um, "If it if it comes between you and another man, and you making another like woman widow or something," he's like, "Brother, you are going down." <laughs> I fucking yeah. love it so much. Yeah, I do really like. I do like John Hamm as an actor. I love John Hamm. I think the performance is good, mm. but it, it's it's there to serve a very specific purpose, and that is to root for Affleck, whereas. Yeah. It's somehow we heat. You're kind of rooting for both sides. Like you don't want either side to lose, and it's it's quite interesting how that plays out. But I think the stuff with Pacino's life, and you get to see all the struggles he's going through at the same time. But then you also get to see him immediately be there for Justine and stuff when he finds Natalie Portman's character, his yeah. stepdaughter in the bath, and then they're at the hospital together. Like it's so good, and you can see the t- the the wear and tear that being a police officer in Los Angeles and seeing the things he sees have had on him. Yeah, I like all that that subplot of Natalie Portman and her dad not being there and nobody being there for her struggles and then it's him that she turns to and then you've got all of the subplot of like his marriage breaking down because he can't... He there's the, oh, I can't remember the line. You'll probably know it because you're good with stuff like that. But that was a compliment. Hey, um, fucking hell. Yeah, uh, he says something like... Um, Oh, fuck, I've just fucking lost it now. I started complimenting you now. I just fucking lost it. Yeah, no, I sent you for a spin. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how much a compliment hurts me. But he's talking about it's it's something about when he's talking about how what he like he can't talk about. Oh, when he needs the he needs the rage inside of him. Like yeah. he needs that rage um to do his job. And if he was to let it out, if he was to be all like soft and talk about it, then he'd lose it and he'd lose his edge and then people get away and I think it's um, is it when he comes back after finding that Wengro victim yeah the girl and it's it's all that stuff on top like I think it's memorable because of the crazy moments like the she's got a great ass and all that kind of moments but The actual character itself has got so many more layers. Even the Macaulay, he's got he's got the most amount going on in his life. All these different threads of storyline, and it all, he just he just plays it really really well. Yeah, and I love the scene the diner scene between them when they say I can't remember which one said it first, but they say oh, I, I don't I don't know how to do anything else. And the other guy's like neither do I. Then he's like and I don't really want to. And he's like neither do I. Yeah. Like it's fucking perfect. I love it. That and as a that and as a cop just pulling over this person that you fucking know for sure is this mastermind criminal, the big one that you've been after, and then just being like, "Should we get coffee?" Yeah, and then, then starting that relationship of respect and honor between them, just brilliant. Using the helicopter, like taking a helicopter out just to go pull a guy over, like, "Should we go get a fucking drink?" Mm. It is great. The next one we've got is the best sidekick, and by that I mean like. The guy, because obviously you've got the cop, you've got the back the gang leader, and it's the second in command in the gangs. We've got Val Kilmer's Chris Shahalis in Heat, the gambling addict, and you've got Jeremy Renner's Gem in the town, who is just a bit of a fucking sociopathic nutcase. They're both interesting characters for different reasons. Did I just go first? Or did you just go first? No idea. I'll go first then. Go on. You go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Fuck it. <laughs> um, wait, we need to give our scores then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 10-9. I went 10-8. Oh, really? 
Yeah, 10-8 for big. big yeah, you're, really, you're really trying to get heat on top with this 10-8, aren't you? No, I just love Vinnie Hanna. Ah, fuck it then. I'm going to go 10-9 to uh, town. Just... <laughs> I'm going to go ten eight to town just to balance. I'm joking. Yeah, ten nine. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go as harsh as ten eight. No. Well, we'll move on then to the sidekick again. We'll try that again, oh. and I'll go now by just saying straight off the bat. I think Christian Hales by Val Kilmer was one of the coolest characters in the movie, and I love like that he's like the long shot with like when he's with the sniper watching and like the long blonde hair, which is you never you don't see that on. Kilmer very often. You more, we're more prone to seeing Kilmer at the end with the short hair, but I think he is so fucking cool. And adding the stuff with his family and his son and the gambling stuff is really interesting. But I think Jeremy Renner is fantastic in the town, like fantastic. So I went ten nine in favor of Jem in the town because I think a character yeah. like that just it just it adds so much to the story. And his character was so influential to like where things were going and. And whenever he was on screen, he was kind of on edge because he didn't know what he was going to do. Like when he first saw <clears throat> Affleck with Rebecca Hall's character, like you didn't know what he was, how he was going to react. It was so like he's so intimidating on screen, and I think he did a brilliant job. So I went ten nine in favour of Renner, which must be music to your ears. Yeah, I thought we were going to have some arguments here. I'm not going to lie. It's it almost feels blasphemous to put not have anybody have somebody beat Val, uh, uh, Val Kilmer character, but you can't. I mean, you're right. Everything you said is right. And that bit where they go and do the home invasion of the uh, drug dealers, and it's just a beat down, just to threaten him, and he just pulls a gun out and starts shooting him in the fucking leg. It's just so unhinged. Like, there's nothing... You can't... Um, like you said, you can't tell what he's going to do. And that moment in when he does meet Rebecca Hall's character, it's, it's really, really tense, especially when he gets up. Because all the time she's walking by, he's, his back's to her. You're like, you got that fucking tattoo? That fucking tattoo? And then when he grabs him to say goodbye and grabs the back of his neck, really, really good. And again, I don't know if this is a um, extended scene or what, but they, uh, they're like, let's go spend the money. And then these just cuts to uh, him in the strip club. And they ask him to see his face. His nose. He's rude. got the straightest reaction. He's just like... It's like, yeah, like he's fucking bored and it's just coming straight towards him. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, really, really loved him. And at the end when he's like, I'm, you know, if I go down, he's, he's, he wants to go down and blaze his glory. He doesn't want to go to prison. He's, he's made that very, very clear. Um, so he kind of puts all the attention on him so Ben Affleck can get away and he just, he wants to go down shooting and he, and he does. Oh, he fucking definitely does. Um I like in that scene as well, like he's clearly down and he's clearly been killed, but the police put a, a few extra couple of shots in because he's a cop. Sure. Yeah, um, really, really good. Yeah, I think the st- on the surface Hawkeye. is quite an activity. You want to say? Also, it's Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, on the surface, his character was quite, like, like we said, intimidating and like a real wild card, but when you actually got favor in the film you also kind of see a different layer to him where like he really wants the gang to stay together like he cares very deeply for Dougie and he wants like the idyllic family he wants Dougie to end up with his sister Blake Lively's character like he wants them all to grow all together in that he doesn't want anyone to leave that area like he's so content where they are and it's kind of his undoing where Dougie wants out and he's he's content to spend the rest of his life doing that which by all intense purposes he does like that's where he ends and He's so fucking entertaining and 
unpredictable that it adds a wrinkle to the movie where if you were going to compare it to someone in Heat, it would be Wayne Grohl, who obviously goes off the rails, but his character is nowhere near as memorable, doesn't have the screen time, and the performance is nowhere near as good. So, Gil, what power was that, Gil? 16? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think uh, Renner would have done that. No, no. Wayne Grohl was probably much more twisted. He was a fucking serial killer, essentially. Like, like just, I say, it's the. It's the... The unhinged, the the fact that you you don't the unexpected of what's coming with um, Jem's character, whereas Hannah is not Hannah. Chris is great, um, and I like, like I say I really like that scene at the end when he's, you know, he kind of escapes and all the shootouts and stuff. Like he he really gets involved, but he doesn't. I don't think he makes that much of an an impact on the movie, other than. His relationship with Macaulay, uh, the bit where he kind of freaks out, and because you know, not enough money there and what have you, and because he's had to pay off all of his stuff, really, really good. But I just don't think he has that much of an impact on he as uh, Jem does on Town. No, I agree, and I think while it is, it is quite interesting that he's essentially taking on these scores just to pay off his gambling debt. Like he says, like Vegas cleaned him out. He needs the money to get, he needs to get big on this one because he, he hasn't got any money. Like it adds, he's more similar to the Affleck character in the sense that it doesn't seem like he, not like generally is that into it, but he, he needs the money because he's addicted to something. Um, and going on a little bit off topic, I they released a book called Heat 2 last year, which is a sequel written by Michael Mann, who wrote and directed the film, and they're apparently making a movie out of it. And it follows Chris after he escapes. And I love the character, but I just don't think he's as impactful as Jem. So that's why I went with... How are they going to do that with Val Kilmer as he is? Because I know they've said it's going to be like part in... Because I looked it up, because I've heard about it. I looked it up as soon as I finished watching it. And it's like part in the... Like part present day and then part um, in the past. Because like isn't... Adam Driver rumoured to be playing Macaulay or something. That's what they've said, yeah. And they've said they're going to replace Kilmer with Austin Butler. Oh, no. I don't know if that's 100% true, but that's what the rumour is. How would you do... How would you do Hannah? Because he's... You surely want Pacino. And yeah, Austin... I don't... It's, it's interesting because Pacino is... Uh, Hannah is in modern day. So, in the Chris story, in the set in the modern day, Hannah's there. So, it's like... Why has Pacino aged all these years, but like Chris hasn't? So it is. I don't know how they're going to do it. Unless Austin Butler's supposed to be like in the past with Adam Driver, and then in the, in the in the present day, I don't. I don't know. But interesting. Have you read the book? Yeah. Is it good? Fucking sick. I loved it. I loved it a lot. Um, but yeah, we both went ten nine then in favour of Jeremy Renner. Not sure I'd ever ever envision myself doing that ever again. I'm not gonna lie. According to this episode, genuinely didn't think. I thought we were going to argue about that one. No, no, it's hard to deny. I think he's the best thing about the town, in my honest opinion. I think that's probably probably my favourite Renner performance. Um, I don't know. Have you seen Tag? I have seen Tag. Straight up, though, might be controversial. I thought it was funny. <laughs> when I watched it, I enjoyed it. I don't care. What, Tag? Yeah, I thought it was funny when I watched it. I love, I love Tag. But yeah, it's... It's the town followed by the Hawkeye Christmas TV series. Fucking yeah, it's almost time. I know, yeah, I can't wait. That and the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Get that straight back on. Get me some Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Right, well, let's move on then. Yeah. I'm going to make a big deal every time I say it now. So next up, we've got the supporting cast, which Heat's got a stacked supporting cast. Like, just well, going off... To be fair. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go for them then. I can't, I can't really think too many from the town off the top of my head. Uh, you've got uh, Pete Pottaway, you've got Blake Lively, you've got Chris Kimber playing his dad, obviously Rebecca Hall. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm just saying it, uh, massive character from Lost, Titus yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I thought that when I saw him. I think that's the only thing I remember him from. So when I saw <laughs> it, I was like, oh yeah, that's the man in black. Remember, yeah, it's the man in black. Yeah. So I immediately, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I recognised him from. But you compare that to Heat, which has got like, John Voight as like the handler in Neil's gang. You've got Tom Sizemore who plays Michael Trio, who obviously has never been a big Hollywood name, but for this, there's a brief moment in this where he fucking goes toe to toe with De Niro. That scene when De Niro says, Should we get out? And he's like, Oh, for me, the action is the juice. And it's like, Okay, so this guy's actually just, he's like the Jeremy Renner. He just fucking loves it. He loves like the high of doing that sort of thing. I think Sizemore's incredible. I think he's fucking awesome in that film. I think. Um, Roger Van Zandt is great. I think the guy that plays Wayne Grow is quite effective. Um, Ashley Judd, Natalie Portman before. Yeah, Natalie Portman's really good. Like for a child, like child performance, I think she's really fantastic in that. And let's not forget the character of Treo, played by Danny Treo. Yeah, they knew what they were doing there. They didn't even fucking bother coming up with a new name for him. (laughs) But no, he's good. I think all the police officers that team up with. Vincent are quite great. Uh, the poor bastard that's working on probation in the as a chef who gets picked up and then immediately dies. Yeah. Like fucking, I'll talk about bad timing. That was a great, that was a great subplot because you think that he's going to be kind of like a big deal later on because you keep going back to him throughout the film and then he just dies. Yeah, and I think that it it can be seen as pretty pointless, but I think that really drives home the the life that these people are living. Yeah, yeah. Watching his demise, and also not to talk, touch too much on the heist and the action, but Chiritos when he t- picks up the kid, and it's like you kind of been rooting for these guys all the way through, and it's like a man like, oh no, these guys are like fucking abhorrent. Like this is the shit they're willing to do, but it's they're all it's all played so effectively, and I think Blake Lively is incredible in the town. I think she does a really good job. I think they should have done more with the other members of the gang. I don't think they're given enough time. You don't yeah. care about them as much. They kind of it's Ben Affleck's and Jeremy Renner's movie, uh, not theirs, and you can you can tell. The driver was cool. I like the driver, but again, it's just he's the driver. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm ever good with names, anyway. But just not much of an impact other than he's a sick ass driver. Um, and then the other guy who does the tech stuff, who's just a weird face and blonde hair, I think. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, how did you score that though? I scored it 10 10. 10 10. Yeah, because I just couldn't decide on. I, can't, I, I was thinking about it for the whole of 20 minutes you gave me the categories. And uh, we need to do I, a better job of coming up with them earlier. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, yeah, so, so I can make notes while I'm watching the film rather than having to try and remember it afterwards with my, you know, my fucking memory. Um, but. Just because everybody in like all the the main ones that I remember in Heat are all really really good, and so are every in town. Um, like you said, Blake Lively's great. At first, I was like, "That's Blake Lively," and then I was like, "Is it?" And I couldn't tell. 
Yeah, I kept flipping. I wasn't. I'm not as huge Blake Lively watcher. I don't really know what she looks like all the time. So I was like, kind of flipping. And when I realised it was, I was like, oh shit! Other things I've seen her in, she's more like prim and proper, They're like more of like a, the um, valley girl type thing. Um, but I love Chris Cooper. So having him as a dad and just be fucking brutal, um, just lying to his son, and he's like, no, nah, I'm not fucking bothered. I'm going back to prison. Still causing fights. Uh, Pete Postlewaite is the Irish guy. Um, really <clears throat> quietly threatening. Um, he hasn't got he hasn't got obviously the the muscle or that kind of intimidating approach, but he's really quietly. And I think that character is really well done. Because you quite like him when you first meet him until you you're on his bad side, and then you kind of see, oh yeah, this is why people work for him. Yeah, there's uh, definitely a certain charm about him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Rebecca Hall beautiful woman um and everything about her is endearing enough that you can believe that you can believe the pain that she goes through and you can believe that like the love she has and stuff and then again Titus Weveler uh whatever from Lost I'm giving him a point just because he's from Lost but he's a but he's he's his character is quite understated I actually think he's the better FBI agent to watch because and we should have focused more on him because his character grew up in Charlestown there's that great scene is like, what's it like um, being close to everybody, learning everybody's secrets, being a part of everybody's family and then using it all to turn on them and stuff and to put them, away, uh, put them behind bars. Just such more compelling story than uh, Frawley's character. Adam, uh, not Adam, what's his name? Who plays Frawley? John Hamm's character, yeah. Uh, and then everybody in Heat, great. Natalie Portman, like you said, such a great performance from such a young actress. The guy who plays Wayne Grower is just unhinged. And he plays that really well. Um, actually, no, apparently, apparently, I saw something that the guy that played Wayne Grow eventually went to prison for something else, but Sorry. in prison, he was known as Wayne Grow. <laughs> they called him Wayne Grow in prison, apparently. Nice, pretty fucking cool. John Voigt playing a usual John Voigt character that I'm used to, where he's just behind the scenes pulling the strings, really good. Um, the woman that who's the woman that plays Pacino's wife. Oh, I'll have a look at the actress's name because I can't quite remember, but she's really good, Justine. Yeah, Justine's great because, again, you can believe why she does what she does. And then, I mean, if Titus Welliver's getting a uh, bonus point for being in Lost, then Danny Trejo gets a point for being fucking Danny Trejo. He is machete. Yeah. And he's in the Book of Boba Fett, so that's a Star Wars point right there. Yeah. Oh, Natalie Portman. Oh. Got two. Diane Venora, she's called. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else, but she's really good in that. Yeah. You've also got um, Ted Levine, who played Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. He's oh, yeah, yeah. one of the police officers. You've got quite a few good names in it. Um, Who's the guy that, what's the guy's name that's in... Um, he has that moment in The Dark Knight as the bank manager. William Fitchner. Yeah. Yeah, he's Van Zandt. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's good in the role he has. That random guy that he, like his security guard that's just got like a fucking rectangle head. I don't even know what he's got. He's like a Patrick Warburton from Wish. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, so both both casts have really strong members, and I couldn't decide which ones. Which, so I went ten ten. You didn't give me your score. Did I not? Oh, I went ten no, nine. I've just been talking for ages, mate. Yeah, I went ten nine in favor of Heat because, and I do think they both got good cast, but I think. Just Tom Sizemore alone is what pushes it above me. I think he's so good. And sadly, he passed away this year. But outside of this and 
I think I saw, I've seen him in this. He was in True Romance and Saving Private Ryan. And he's incredible in all of them. And it's a shame he never got a bigger career, but I, I think he had like alcohol issues and stuff. So that's why he was never really trusted to be casting too many things. And Spielberg said in Saving Private Ryan that they were going to test him every day that he showed up to set to make sure he was sober. Otherwise, the, the first time he wasn't, he was gone. Um, but he's great when he fucking wants to be like in this. I think he was fucking sick. Like his character's twisted, but he's also kind of likable. Like when they're all, when you see the good side of him and they're all like la- having a laugh and they're eating together or converse and stuff like that, he seems really charming. And like I said, that one scene where he's like, I don't know how many times I'm going to shirt screen with De Niro, so I'm fucking going for it. And he says, for me, the action is the juice. I think it's so fucking good. Yeah. So yeah, I went 10 9 in favor of Heat. Of course you fucking did. Yeah, as you can imagine, I did. So we've got three categories left. Two are very similar, so we'll go through them two first. We've got the heists themselves, because both movies are set on the crux of these gangs that perform bank heists and bank robberies and stuff like that. So we'll we'll go through them. You've got... is this, There's two in both, right? There's three in um, town. There's almost three in the heat, but then they bottle it because De Niro hears that thing knock in the van um but yeah you've got the one in heat you've got the the armed robbery at the beginning with the van where they take it out and then eventually kill the guards which we touched on obviously in the opening category and then you've got the one at the end where i think trejo tipped off wayne grow after he was attacked and his family was killed about what the plans were for neil's gang and then they eventually tip the police off and it ends up with this huge huge shootout um on the streets which is so impressively done. And I would give anything to watch that in IMAX. Anything. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Only imagine that in, in the IMAX. But yeah, the 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 the, uh, the bank heist at the end where they're wearing the fucking cool masks. Um, it's just, I think for a movie that's about heist, I don't think there's enough there. There's only there's obviously only the two. Um, there's there's the failed one where they they're in the depository where they're trying to drill through, and then one of the FBI um, LAPD agents, sorry, knocks something like a fucking idiot, and you get that really cool shot in the like UAV vision of Neil just turning and looking directly at them before he tells the guys oh, to go. Great shot of them because it just it keeps cutting and like it's like they're looking at each other. Brilliant. Yeah, it's so good, and then. Pacino decides not to catch them. He's like, no, we can't get them on this. They've not taken anything. This will just be breaking and entering. They'll, they'll be out in like a year or something like that, he says. Yeah. And you compare that with the heists in the town, which we've got the one at the beginning that we touched on where they kidnap Rebecca Hall's character. Um, my mind's flipping on the second one, which is ridiculous because I watched this two days ago. What's the second this one? This one is when they get the, they just grab the, like the cash van. And oh yeah. Okay. He doesn't want to do it because it's got the um, the the guard who thinks he's fucking Navy SEALs. Oh yeah, yeah. He says we should leave it, and they're like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. there's that. There's the other. That's, that's, that's the one with the nuns. Oh yeah, yeah. And that I can't believe that because that's iconic as well. That's another one where it feels like there's a lot of similarities where they've got these really iconic looks, and although the town came after the Dark Knight, those three. Like the opening scene that with the Joker mask, the town nuns and the the heast with the white masks and stuff, they're also like synonymous with each other now. Like I fucking love when they use unusual masks to rank uh, 
Rob Banks. Going back to our most watched episode, Point Break, with the president's faces. Yeah. We love it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and then it ends with the really iconic heist at the Red Sox Stadium where everything goes tits up and there's the big shootout. But we'll talk about action in a minute, so we'll just go directly off the heist then. Which Where did you score that? Easily. 10-9 to town. Easily. I like the the, the opening heist of Heat is great because they're not after money, they're after or what is it they take? They take out like bonds or something, don't they? Yeah. Um, Some of that only seems to exist in these movies. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell you for a million pounds right now what the fuck a bond is, but they're like, yeah, we've got to get these bag- uh, Vara bonds. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um, it's cool. They've got the hockey masks um, and and all that, and obviously they kill the kill the witnesses and burn out the car before the police even get there. And it shows it, that that opening scene shows you how organised and. Um, how smart they are, uh, and then yeah, you got the failed hash, which is great because it is just a, if it's not working, we drop it and we leave. Um, and then the final one is it's good, but again, it just it just feels kind of like we need to show a heist because these are criminals that do heist. It doesn't feel as integral to the story. Obviously, it's integral to the story in terms of this is why they're being criminals but the the heists themselves aren't the exciting part of the movie the exciting part of the movie is watching the characters and the interactions for me at least it was <clears throat> actually no the exciting part of the movie is the fucking shootout that takes place immediately afterwards but like you get what i'm saying whereas um town the heists in that feel like really really exciting they feel like really really a part of like the story couldn't happen without them so in in uh, he, he couldn't have been heist, it could have been any other type of crime, it doesn't have to be heist. Whereas it feels really important to the story in town. And I'm not gonna lie, most of my scoring on uh, this 10 towards town is based off the fucking masks. The op- uh, like, you've got to have some cool fucking masks. And the the horror, the Halloween masks at the beginning of the uh, the skeletons, and then the the nuns, which how is the how the nuns isn't as an iconic image as. Like the presidents of the United States, or the Joker masks from Dark Knight, or uh, the Michael Myers, the Mike Myers masks from Baby Driver. Um, Baby Driver would be a great heist film. Uh, You're not seeing Baby Driver. No. Interesting. That'll be a good one. Um, and then at the end, I think it's at the end when they've got the balls to dress up as police officers and then trans- transition to ambulance drivers. Absolutely brilliant. Everything about it, great. So I just. It's the, the the heists in Heat are high level, very very high level heists, and the heists in Town feel more believable. I mean, they're both believable, but they feel more believable for people within uh, with them um, within their means. And I just think it, they just play them off so much better. I also like that middle heist where it's like, um, no, we don't. I don't want to do it because the guy thinks he's U.S. like he's Navy SEALs. He he walks around in fucking cargoes and whatever, and. Uh, and then when you see him, you're like, yeah, fucker. That fucker thinks he's something he's not. Yeah, I actually agree with you again. I went 10-9 in favour of the town on the heist because I think the two heists are good in heat. Like, they're actually fucking spectacular. But in terms of the ones in the town, they're all so memorable for different reasons. Like, the first one... Where you couldn't you... remember the middle one. <laughs> yeah, but then you jog my memory and it's the fucking nuns. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, like um, the the first one we take in the the uh, Rebecca Hall uh, captive, which I don't think we really saw coming, and it immediately like changed the direction of where the story could have gone. Like that added an entirely new wrinkle to it. Um, and also then moving on to the like you said, the iconic nuns and the not quite comedy, but so it is quite comedic the way they like the discourse about like the big buff fucking security guard and stuff. And then ending with them trying to rob fucking the Red Sox stadium, which of all the places it's such that's that is such an iconic like set piece. Like being in there and watching them like like you said with the van and like dressing up as the police and then the paramedics and somehow getting away with it for the most part. Like I don't know how they even got out of the fucking building first of all. Like it's shocking. That shouldn't have happened. But they did, and it is really, really impressive. Um, the shootout, specifically at the bottom, where I think one of the guys gets killed, and they're like hiding behind the van and like shooting at the police for like what feels like twenty minutes, but in in a good way. I think it's just so entertaining. I think that's the difference between these. I feel like the town is almost like a a Hollywood version of Heat. Like it's yeah. a lot more entertaining. That's a good, than it is that's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that. That heist at the end in the, the stadium, I think, is enough to tip it over for me. I think that's a brilliant place to do it. And it's really ballsy to go to such a famous landmark like that and do it. I love when films do that. Like in uh, North by North West by Alfred Hitchcock, they go on Mount Rushmore. Like, I fucking love when they use real places like shit. Like, fucking let's go. That's why I like Ghostbusters too with the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> I like Ghostbusters too. You might be the only person. No. Uh, <laughs> we'll do Back to the Future 2 versus Ghostbusters 2. Fucking, that will be a landslide. <laughs> yeah, for Ghostbusters That two. will be a 10 to 190. <laughs> you, can't, uh, you can't tell me the casting Back to the Future is better than the cast of Ghostbusters. Oh, no, you did last time. <laughs> you did last time. So, <laughs> I fucking forgot about that. Uh, I mean, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd shit all over them all. Fuck. Do you know, let's not do this right now. I can't be honest with you. Yeah, we've done this once already. <laughs> At least we got off to a good start, though, by doing that immediately. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, was, yeah. Put that behind get, us. If we can get through that, we can get for anything. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, we both went 10-9 in favour of the town then in terms of high. So we'll move on to the action, which essentially on the surface is quite the same thing, but there are also bits of action elsewhere in the movies. In Heat, there's obviously the stuff with Wayne Grove when... He's first when they get to the diner after the first heist, and then they try to kill him. And there's that really cool shot where De Niro smacks his head on the table, and that guy looks over, and you just see Sizemore lean out and look at him, and he's like, "Yeah, fuck that." <laughs> like I think that's great. The stuff with Van Zant when De Niro breaks into his house and he shoots the um, and he shoots him and he fights with the security guard. Um, the stuff with Winger at the end when he breaks into the hotel and shoots him, I think it's all great action. And that's all good enough. But then I think the shootout on the street is epic. I think it's fucking epic. Like, the sound design is perfect. It's almost like you're there. Like, you can, it, there's no music in the background. It's just the the hard echoes, like, of each shot. Like, it's fucking awesome. I was speaking to somebody today about it. Uh, Richard runs a comic book shop in Mansfield. I talking to him about it. And he was like, he used to watch it on VHS. You wouldn't be able to watch it on VHS at home because he turned the volume up because the, the dialogue's so quiet. And then as soon as he gets to that scene, it's fucking loud. So he'd have to, he wouldn't be able to watch it at night time because it's just so fucking loud in the house. But you're not wrong. Um, I went, I mean, I went 10 9 to Heat 
based off that scene alone. Like the the, the action in town's great, and it's weird because I was I was about to say in the last one before you uh, you just let's move Donalds, um, but I was going to say like in Heat it feels more like a detective movie with action, and Town feels more like an action movie with that kind of detective slash love story embedded into it, which is strange because I'm going to give 10-9 to Heat for one fucking scene, and that one scene quite literally, pun fully intended, blows everything else away, like the sound, the the actual gunshots, the action itself, it feels raw, it feels like as it's being filmed on the street, it feels really, really raw and raw, and the surprise of it not the surprise but how it's all set up like they're just walking down the street with the guns and then they, they see that they're coming out so they rush out and stuff like that and like i said when he picks up the kid it just gets really fucking intense as well and when um uh chris gets shot as well you just kind of like oh shit is this way because i i think i said it to you monday when i saw you last i put on heat at about nine o'clock at night thinking it was like a two hour movie. Fuck it not. I thought that big shootout was going to be the end. And then I, I opened it up. And I was like, there's still like another fucking 40 minutes left. What can even, what could possibly go on? Everything um, that mattered, everything beautiful. Everything that mattered, yeah. And it just, it's such a big scene. I don't think anything could talk. The, the, the shootout in the Red Sox stadium is great, uh, but it has that, for me, it has that issue of, it. it's a, it's a thing of, it's a problem that uh, plagues a lot of films around that era is you can tell when the CGI bullets are hitting the CGI walls and the CGI dust coming off because it's really noticeable because it doesn't look like it's attached to anything. You can really, really notice it. And I think no matter how good the action is, if it has that or has those CGI blood splatters um, that are coming out and they all look the same because it's the same effect, it just really pulls me out of it and heat has that really traditional when a when a police car's being shot up it's because there's there's little detonators in the in the car and on the set and stuff so just you just can't beat it yeah that scene is it's iconic i think and i can't really remember because i haven't played it but dan was telling me like that entire thing is essentially just ripped off in gta like one of the gta games apparently that entire scene with the bank heist that turns into the shootout is on one of the GTA games, Dan was telling me. Because he, he always thought that it was, uh, he recognised it as soon as it came on, he was like, oh shit, that's where they got it from then. Um, um, I don't know, probably. It sounds, like, sounds like a GTA thing to do. Yeah, but it's so good, and like we said, the sound design, like, it all feels real, and the yeah. stuff with like you say, Chris getting shot, but even not just that, but it's like, the cops on the other side, like, there's that one cop played by Ted Levine, who's working with Vincent all the way through and he just gets shot and Vincent looks and he's just, there was no heroic death. There's nothing like that. He's just gone. Like he's eyes wide open. He's, I think he gets shot in the head and he's just dead. And it's yeah. like, Oh, no heroic. Even the police don't get heroic deaths in a situation like this. Um, yeah. And there are some good action scenes in the town. Like the little fight scene between Jim and Dougie was quite good. And the bit when um, Dougie goes to him and says, we need to go to this place. Don't ask questions. We just need to go so these guys out. And all he says is, whose car are we taking? And they yeah. go around and beat those guys up. It's, there are some really good action scenes in it. And um, but again, it feels more like um, the Hollywood version of what the Heat was trying to do. And even if the Heat scene 
you can't it, it feels long because it's like that shootout feels like it's maybe 10 15 minutes but i feel like you can't cut any of it i feel like yeah. it all needs to be there and it's it's showed how like the most realistic interpretation of that sort of thing i think where they're just sat like a large part of it because they are hidden is just shooting at essentially nothing they're just aim they're just aiming and hoping for the best and nothing really happens but um the stuff with Sizemore and the kid is that's when you really like, oh yeah, shit, these guys are criminals. Remember that we shouldn't be rooting for them to get away. Like this guy is fucking just just detestable. Um yeah. but yeah, I went 10 9 in favour of Heat as well because I think that yeah. scene alone is fucking perfect. And like I said earlier, like the the town ends in like a massive shootout, a massive on the street shootout. And well, the last bit of action I think in the film is when he goes and he uh, kills Pete Postlewaite's character, the Irish guy which is really good. Um, but somehow a massive shootout at Red Sox Stadium still doesn't compare to that one-on-one around some Transformers and some bollards in a field with nothing around it. It still doesn't compare because it's just so tense. And the action is really, 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 really well done in that scene as well. So it's, yeah. I think it's just a massive testament to how rea- like the realism of it versus the action movie aspect of it. Yeah, although I will say Jeremy Renner's death is quite the action there is quite good when he's like shooting off against them all. Yeah. I liked that. But um yeah the Which scene at weird. the end I don't you know what he missed quite a lot. He should be able to hit every shot. <laughs> oh yeah you'd think so. He's a fraud. <laughs> News just in Hawkeye's a fake. No. Um, but yeah, that scene between De Niro and Pacino at the end, like it's not even so much like it's like explosive action. It's just like a cat and mouse and it's like a couple of shots and that's that. But it's so effectively done. And I think it helps having stars of that magnitude doing it, even if they are both in like their 40s, 50s at the time, like they still fucking rock. And I will say, you keep referring to that guy as the Irish guy. Do you reckon if anyone other than Martin Scorsese made the Irishman, that that's the sort of shit we get? The Irish guy. Yeah, probably. About that motherfucker, who isn't even Irish. What a convincing accent. Yeah, really, really good. Because I'm, I'm quite used to him having like a really strong British accent, like really upper-class, strong British accent. So when he started talking, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. That's it, we've got one category left. So let's move on then. <laughs> I'm going to stop looking at too much. Uh, we've got the legacy of both movies. This is interesting, but also for me, quite easy because I think Heat has now gone down as one of the greatest like crime dramas of all time. And I think there's two scenes in it alone between the diner scene and the shootout scene are two of the like most fondly remembered in like cinema. And the performances between Pacino and De Niro are really well remembered. And essentially, the town is kind of known for just kind of just ripping it off. Like, it's a bit too similar. Like yeah. it's so they clearly, clearly took like a lot of inspiration from it. And I think that's probably why it's not been remembered as fondly. Like, because to me, I didn't even know the town was like this great movie. Like I'd heard of the town I and know the town was this great movie. No, well, I'd heard of it, but I thought I thought it was apparently shit. No, I'd heard I'd always heard it was good. And just I just just remembered something that I really wanted to talk about in the heist. So just before we move on to Legacy, I just want to mention one thing in heists. Both of them are good. 
but both of them would have, I said it to you on Monday, both of them would have been improved if they got away in souped-up sports cars. Yeah, that's only a bit of, a bit of nitrous. You need nitrous. <laughs> Drifting, that always helps. You need Vin Diesel, that's what they needed. I think the I think the, the film both films are missing a Vin Diesel type character. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Trejo could have been that if he went murdered. I genuinely don't think a heist film works without street racing. It just doesn't make sense. Like how do you get away without the street racing? Sorry. Yeah, well look what happened. That poor man got shot. It was a really poor joke that I completely forgot to make, and I've just stopped this entire episode just to make sure I go back and talk about it. All I'm saying is if Vin Diesel were driving that getaway car in heat, he wouldn't have been shot like that geezer on probation. No, definitely. He'd not. have got away. They'd have been sound. Legacy. Yeah, I think we've I've always heard it's a great film. Um, especially since uh, watching Argo. And but I think the town was which one came first, town or Argo? Uh, town. Town was 2010. Argo was 11 or 12, I think. Yeah. Well, I, well, then that makes sense for what I'm remembering because I'm pretty sure that was the one where people stopped looking at Ben Affleck as if he was some kind of. I think Ben Affleck had this really good reputation with like Goodwill Hunting and stuff like that, and then he kind of went the opposite way with like is it Daredevil. and Daredevil and his relationship with Jenny from the Block. What's her name? Jello. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez. And like all of that stuff kind of put like this tainted thing on him where in popular culture it became almost some kind of a joke. Um, and I think town, for the legacy of the town, it is, it's not really the legacy of the town, it's the legacy of Ben Affleck. And all of a sudden he's this strong director and he's this bankable lead again, uh, which means he can go and make cargo, which means it, become, it can become the best Batman ever put to screen. Um, and even now, when you say, like, uh, it's a Ben Affleck movie, you kind of go, okay, well, I want to watch it. Um, it's going to be good. Um, so in that aspect, I think when we talk about legacy, yeah, it's Ben Affleck's legacy and not the town's legacy, but the town had something to do with it. But the town would have been made without heat, and you can clearly tell. So, yeah, 10-9 to, to heat, because like you said, it is probably one of the greatest crime thrillers of all time, which I've only just seen... And now, after having seen it for four days, I feel like I'm confident enough in saying that you're correct. Um, but, yeah, no competition. And there's nothing more you can say. It, it It's done everything. And like I said at the very beginning, it feels epic without that grandiose scale of everything. Um, so it has got that kind of, all those narrative threads that you're following that all tie up and everybody's got a depth to him. Even the smallest characters, the smallest appearances like Natalie Portman have got a depth to him. And I think that really, really, I can't say with confidence, I'm not seeing a lot of the like highest films after that, but I am willing to put money on the fact that how he did it is what how it changed uh, these kind of films, because usually it's cops versus robbers. Um, and I bet I'm willing to put money on that he really changed how everything was done after that. Yeah, it's interesting what you said, though. You know, in De Niro, it's the first film together, isn't it? It's not the first film they've been in because they were both in Godfather 2. But uh, De Niro played a young version of Vito Corleone, which was Pacino's dad. So he was in, like, it was a separate timeline. So they never appeared on screen together. It was the first time they kind of put in, like, against yeah. each other. First time they've been on screen together, yeah, which, like I said, it feels like Michael Mann knew that. That's why he put that. He, he waited so long in the movie before putting them across the table from each other. 
Um, but yeah, I never really thought of it as like um, Affleck's legacy, which is a good point. And did, have you watched um, that um, Air Jordan film that he did last year or this year? Sorry. No, but I've heard it's really good. It's one that I really want to see, but because I never get any time outside of work to watch stuff, uh, I didn't get to watch it. Really good. Yeah, I've heard it's really, really good, so I do want to watch it, but just, like I say, not had time. But again, it's one of them, it's a, it's a Ben Affleck film. Whereas if if before The Town, somebody said to you, it's a Ben Affleck film, you'd kind of go, all oh, right, yeah, I'm, I'm not fussed then. Yeah. Whereas I think The Town and then Argo and really, really changed the perspective of Ben Affleck's career. Yeah, and um, not even just as a movie star, but like I said, as a director, he does a really good job with it. Um, but yeah, it is almost certainly influenced by Heat, as the opening to Dark Knight was. Um, and we're not sure. I'm not sure how well Heat's legacy will hold up if they do make this sequel. I don't know how that'll be received, but the book was fucking sick, so hopefully the movie is as well. Um, but yeah, I went 10-9 in favour of Heat for legacy as well. Because... Is Michael Mann directing the sequel, do we know? Yeah. I imagine it'll be somewhat decent then. Yeah, it just depends how the cast are, doesn't it? Really? Like, obviously, they're just rumours that it's like Austin Butler and Adam Driver and stuff. But I've never, don't think I've ever really seen Austin Butler in anything. But from what I've seen of his like in, interviews and stuff, I don't really like the guy. But Did Adam Driver, Elvis, no. Did you not? He was good in that. The film was a bit average, but he was good. No, because I was thinking to myself, what could we do Bohemian Rhapsody up against? And the only one that came to my mind was either Rocket Man or Elvis. And I don't. I don't it'll be a ten. It'll be a hundred ninety if we're doing that because I love Bohemian Rhapsody so much. But um, yeah, I like um, I like Adam Driver and everything is in, even the shitty ones. So. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He is good. A very tired actor. Um, right. Well, I'll tie up the scores then. I will say. Just tell me how much heat won by. Won by. Won by. You are sorry. Just tell me how much heat won by. Because uh, <laughs> we, we both know that that's what's coming out on top. All I'm going to say is you keep making out like I'm the one that's done this, but I'll tell you right now, I've got your score, and you also had heat winning. Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, it's the better film. It is the better film. So you can drop your fucking attitude, pal. He's great. We both voted for it. It's right. 195 to Heat, so 187 to The Town. Okay, well, now I'm going to say something you're not going to like. I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. It is the better film, 100%, but I don't think I liked it as much as I was going to. It's still a phenomenal film. I don't know. I think it's one of those films where everybody talks about it throughout your entire life, especially you. All I've, I, think ever, I think ever since knowing you, you've Told me about heat. Uh, where are we going? <laughs> I can't do it. Why are you? Why are you incapable of doing it? Um, and I just, I just think it's one of those that has such a people holding such high esteem that somebody coming to watch it later on in life, it's hard to kind of match that. So I did, I did really, really like it. I just don't think I liked it as much as I thought I was going to. It's a solid three and a half, I think. See, I. Watched it for the first time last year. It's definitely a four star at minimum. I wasn't going to entertain that fucking show. <laughs> I watched it for the first time last year and I hadn't actually heard much about it. Um, so I just randomly watched it, not expect, not knowing what to expect. And it was just a fucking, and I loved it so much. Oh, really? 
So all this time you've been talking to me about heat and every time you brought it up in conversation, I've always thought because of how much you've talked about it, I always thought it's one of those films you've watched your entire life. No, no. Although it's like three hours long and since last year, I've watched it like five times, which shows how much I like it. I'm willing to sit through three hours of it that often because I don't really sit through long films too often. Like You're a Scorsese fan. Yeah, but like, so The Irishman's like three three and a half hours. I've watched it once. Um, Killers of Flower Moon, I enjoyed and I watched it, but I'm not going to be rushing back to watch it again because of how long it is. Yeah. Um, Goodfellas is like two and a half, which is yeah, uh, that's a good that's a good length. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, I love it, and I'm looking forward to the sequel. Yeah, I mean, I probably won't read the book, but I'll definitely watch the film. Yeah, it's going to be worth as we, as we can see, unless it's Star Wars. I don't have any yeah. other book. Star Wars, so, where it's got pictures. No, 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 no. These ones are actual books. If I could show, if I could point my camera down here underneath the desk, we don't want to see down there, pal. Yeah, you'd be able to see all the comics that I've got. Uh, Star I hope Wars. that's all we can see, and all of you pointing that out. I never stand up on this podcast. You never know what's down below this line. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Well, no, I mean definitely the, the deserving winner. It's such a good film. Yeah, it's brilliant. A masterpiece to me. <laughs> Although I heard you were, we watched the thing together the other day, and you weren't too keen on that either, were you? I know I liked it. Oh, Bernie made out like you didn't like it. Oh, well, Bernie's a little bitch. That's true. No, I think with the again with the thing, it's one of those where I, well, I knew nothing about the thing. I somehow managed to escape everything other than the fact that I knew that the wolf at the beginning was the first creature. So when even though nothing, knowing nothing about it, it's one of those things, films that are like, it's the best thing ever, it's the best film ever made, it's the best sci-fi film, and then you finally watch it and it's like, yeah, it's good. Not to a light year standards, though. Not to light year standards. No, it's definitely, uh, by me saying, I think what I said to him was, it wasn't as good as I thought it was, and it's the same, with it. it's like, a, it's still a full star, definitely. But it's just, I don't know what I was expecting, I think I was expecting something different, I don't know what, but Especially with the ending. I think it was the ending that just, for me, is just a bit, oh, okay. Yeah, very sudden. Yeah, very, very sudden. But again, still loved it. Yeah. Just, because, just because I say, Ethan, if you're listening, you fucking bitch. Uh, just because I say I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to, doesn't mean I didn't like it, prick. <laughs> one in his mouth, that's what he does. Um, yeah. Enough chatting shit about Bernie, though. We were, should probably run this to an end. And do you know what I've just, I realised about halfway through that I didn't say it? Um, at the beginning, didn't introduce either of us. So if you enjoyed this, my name is Callum Altimus. That is Nathan Sacklehanna. And if you didn't enjoy this, my name is Ethan Burney. And that is Josh Mason. <laughs> Everything's underneath, I think. Is it is it going to be under there, yeah? Yeah, it should still be under there. And we're, hopefully we've got a new design around us, but we'll see. That's exciting. But yeah, the band is on x and letterbox under there now um if you're not now that sounds really aggressive don't, again don't find us now like, like i said last time i've had no new followers <laughs> and uh, nobody to talk to my trash opinions about hey i've had a few new ones but it's definitely like bots like That's i got one today literally just before we came on let me just uh yeah, so it's just some random name or like a random picture like it's like I've, april walton ball she created the account in July, she follows 2,700 people, has never tweeted, and has 30 followers. That no. seems legit to me. 
What's the picture? Is it somebody in a bikini? Uh, it's it fucking is and all. <laughs> <laughs> fucking told you. So yeah. they've got they've got to fucking move, and it's we all know it now. You need they need to switch things up to make it more believable these days. Um, but enough about that. <laughs> Everything's yeah. under there. Real people, please. Yeah. If you uh, enjoyed the video, please feel free to like it on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. If you are watch, listening, should I say, on any of the audio platforms, feel free to subscribe to us on there and maybe give it a five-star rating because I heard that does good business. Um, and if you are in there and you rather see our faces and see Santa, the Heat poster, and, oh, and Spider. Spider-Man or oh, some Mando helmets. Yeah, that's shite as well. Um, new lightsaber, new lightsaber. It's harder than it looks, actually. That's I told you because it's like fucking mirrored. I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> don't get it. But yeah, that's the one from the the new game, the lightsaber. Because oh, I'm cool. I bought the game, but I haven't played it. Fuck it, sake, man. Just play yeah. it. Then play Spider Man Two. I haven't even played that yet either. I haven't bought that one, though, so I've got an excuse. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. But I got my PlayStation 5 like two months ago and I bought a Star Wars game with you and I still haven't played it. But this is a guy that bought Elden Ring for 50 quid, had it for six months and never unwrapped it and then sold it because I never unwrapped it. Nice. I'm pretty shit at gaming. At least you got Blu-ray player. Yeah, very true. That's where that's essentially what I use it for. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for watching, guys. We'll be back next week at our regular time on Thursday. Obviously, we're a bit late this time due to how busy we've both been. Um and recording the Halloween special. But yeah, we'll be back next Thursday with another episode, so we'll see you then. Peace out. Yeah, let's move on then.